no matter what your result ends up being, that reflection process is so important to be able to say, hey, how did I get here? You know, I hit two backside doubles. All right, why did that happen? What was I thinking? Because now it's repeatable. And now you're not only creating the muscle memory of your body, but your mind too. Like, you know, you know what you're up there looking for. You know what you need to be thinking. You know what your approach is to every situation. And you have to learn from every success and every failure. And, and like you said, if you're not focused on that process of it, you don't know how to handle the failures when they do come. And I think that, you know, everything that we've touched on, baseball is such a hard game. And, you know, the best way to be successful is to keep that kind of, you know, maximize the highs, ride them as long as you can, but minimize those lows. And I think that where we're going right now is it is exaggerating those highs and exaggerating those lows so much that it's, it's mm. creating such fragile players um, when it comes to mindset. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the podcast German Society. Today, guys, I got an amazing guest. I got a dude that I'm really good friends with. His name is Danny Tufferello. He's a local. He's a local young man here in Fort Myers. Went to Bishop Vrow High School. Played at Palm Beach Atlantic uh, Division II baseball. He was an absolute stud. Really excited to have him on the show. Uh, most most currently, though, he is an owner of a big business called Evolve Baseball that they're helping all types of baseball athletes go to the next level through uh, the way of analytics and Supreme coaching. Uh, you guys are not going to want to miss this episode today. We're going to get kind of down and dirty on some shit that we see, not just in society in general, but just in the, in the, in baseball, like the society in the game has changed so much. And with that, everybody welcome Danny Tufferella. What's up, buddy. What's up, Sean. How you guys doing? Oh man, we're good over here. Um, I love the background, man. That looks absolutely amazing. I appreciate it. I figured we had to show it off a little bit. You have to, man. You have great branding and the things that you're doing with your with your facility. Why don't you touch on that really quickly before we get before we get going? Yeah. Uh, so the facility has gotten off to a great start. Um, it was actually supposed to happen last year. Um, some divine intervention. You know, God closed some doors, opened some other ones. Uh, we went some different routes. Um, I actually signed on with Dovetail Bats, Major League Bat Company. Got to be their pro sales rep, which actually allowed me to make a ton of contacts that actually led into this facility. So we finally got it up and running. Uh, we had our grand opening February 12th and we're up and cranking. Dude, it's amazing. And like what I'm seeing is like everything you're doing on social with the big leaguers coming and the, and the big prospects coming and hitting. It's really cool because not only are you getting to work with those individuals, but the, the younger generation that's coming into your into your facility is seeing these guys in there. And I think it's really important because when a, when a young man or a young girl can see such promise like happening right in front of them, it makes the dream a little bit more attainable and real. What are your thoughts on that? No, I agree. Um, it's, you know, this whole lockout situation, obviously it's not something that, you know, I would want for the players, but these mm -hmm. guys have been great. Um, it's kind of happened organically, um, had one or two reach out, They got in here. They've been phenomenal in sharing us on social media. Um, they've reverted some friends. And now we've got, you know, we've had about seven, eight big leaguers in here. And uh, we got about 20 total 
pro guys. Um, and they've been awesome. You know, some of them have even mixed in with the younger guys. Um, some of them who missed their morning time slots came in in the afternoon and actually got there working with some of our younger clients. Um, and they've been great. You know, it's just like they're grinding with one of their peers. And that's all it is. You know, I, I apologize for the noise. Uh, so somebody must be doing some work next door. Oh, so it's all good, I man. I apologize for that. But um, no, those guys have been awesome. Um, it's been a blessing to have them in here and seeing how they interact with the younger guys. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty cool that they're humble enough to understand that, hey, that was me not too long ago. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of hard work mixed with a little bit of luck and uh, they got where they are now. That's a good point, right? Because at one point in time, those big leaguers, those pro guys were those little kids. Right. And <clears throat> which brings me to like, to this dude, like the game to me has changed so much and it's something that is almost unrecognizable. And I don't mean the actual aspect of playing the game. I mean, the attitude and this, the, the vibe behind all this bullshit. Let's just get into it, man. Like I, I do not like the entitlement dinner generation that's going on right now within this game. What yeah. have you experienced? Cause you're, I mean, you're not too far removed from your college playing career. Right? right. So, you know, what has your experience been with entitlement? I mean, not you specifically, obviously, because I know your family, you're not that kid, but like even in college, right. And then now seeing what you see at the development level, like what, what are you seeing out there? Yeah. So, I mean, Fortunate for me, um, my college days was kind of like the last of, you know, the generation before kind of this new side of it, I mm -hmm. guess you could say. Um, it was now I had a roadmap myself, um, but it was more of, hey, look, you grind, you get your spot. If not, then you're waiting. Right. And you're working until you get your chance. Um, but now it's even it's starting younger, I would say. Um, now that I've had a chance to interact with some of the younger guys, you know, we got middle schoolers in here, the travel ball stuff, you know, back when I was growing up, um, it was, yeah, you played your little league and then you had travel ball during the summer. Now travel ball is everything, right? If you're not playing travel ball, if you're not out there grinding, getting in front of eyes, then it's nothing. And, you know, it's this whole new dynamic of politics coming into it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if, if your kid doesn't play, you start a new organization or you start a new team. Um, and that's kind of spilled over into the way they train. Right. So it kids don't seem as hungry anymore. Um, they don't seem like, you know, they have to go win a spot. And I think it's dangerous, to be honest with you. We'll fucking jump into this. OK, yeah. I'm glad you brought this up because to me and I have you, you have to be a little more careful than I do. Um, but uh uh, this fucking travel ball thing has exploded in such a negative way. And here's what I mean by that. You know, just like to your point, if your kid is not playing, right? Okay, my kid's not playing on the Scorpions or, you know, whatever the fuck the team is. So I'm just going to create a team with a bunch of other kids and go play so my son can play. That's called daddy ball. All right, that right. shit didn't exist when I played. When I played, it was like, Yo, if you're not getting the job done, then then you're not playing. Period. End of freaking story. You can go cry about it when you get home, but I don't want to see that shit. And what's happening now into the in this game is it is absolutely exploded in a sense of just it is breeding entitlement everywhere. It's like these kids could literally go to a showcase. I'm not going to name the company because I think it's a genius company. 
Okay. I think it's freaking phenomenal, but like everything that has come with it. I mean, I'm sorry, has destroyed the game. Like these kids are on websites with their video and like rank 20th hitter in, in this showcase. And like, they go back to their high school coach and like, Hey, I'm ranked number 20 on so-and-so website. Right. And <laughs> what's happened is they're, they're not even good. Let's just, right. just, let's just right. be fucking honest. They're not good. So like the whole marketing strategy to make all this money is great, but like the kids left entitled. I, I just, I can't stand it, dude. I really can't. And it's tough. And that's the dangerous part, you know, on our end, uh, training in a facility where we do integrate a lot of the new technology mm-hmm. and a lot of stuff like that. Um, you know, part of it is they get a profile. They get to save these numbers. Um, they get a login and password. They can track all the numbers that they've gotten in here. Um, and it's a great tool for recruiting, but you get tied up in that, right? And mm-hmm. and they're chasing a number to email out as opposed to getting in front of eyes and actually performing, right? So it looks a whole lot different and it's tough to, you know, get them to understand that, yeah, when you're in here training, it's different than in the game. Um, and, you know, they want to use the, the numbers, you know, if you came in here and you hit a hundred, you took a hundred swings and three of them were bombs with backspin that you barreled up, but the rest you're swinging out of your ass and, you know, you're just trying to get that number for the three swings so you can send it out to somebody. Where does that get you? Right. Um, and the, the sad part about it is, is that works now, right? Like numbers can get you a job in certain places. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has changed so much since even I've been playing, which was only three years ago. Um, and I think it, like I said, it's starting at a younger age. Um, these kids are you know, posting that stuff on their Twitter, which is great. They're marketing themselves. But like you said, it, it used to be perform first and then market, like get in there and grind, get to where you need to be and then let your work, you know, kind of show off for itself as opposed to these guys are doing it the other way. They're trying to chase these numbers, trying to market themselves. And then by chance, if they have a good game, then that's all you see on social media. It's it's see, that's the thing. I think social media is so great. I'm glad you touched on it. And I think it's really awesome that these kids are also marketing themselves, right? Because this is a yeah. business, right? It, it has turned into more of a business than even three years ago when you, when you were playing and then, you know, rewind back to 1997, when I graduated high school, it was just like, if you're a dude, you were a dude, they found you. Right. And, and what I've noticed is when these kids are even take, this has turned into a show. Yep. It has turned into a fucking reality TV show. <laughs> like, yes. you know, these kids go on visits. Somehow they they have this production video done of them in uniform and pads and baseball uniforms and they're mean mugging the camera and they got, okay, they got a picture with LSU this week and they got a picture with freaking Miami next week. And it's like, what are we doing? And now what, right? Now you got, you got schools that'll commit, you know, six 13-year-olds. Uh, just because they see something they like and they want to lock them up and get a verbal commitment. Now that kid for the next couple of years is doing exactly what you said, um, you know, marketing themselves as that. And then what happens, you know, yeah. by chance, you know, God forbid a kid gets decommitted. What's that do? Right. Cause now it's not only like, Hey, you and your family knew you were going somewhere and now it's not happening and now we got to rework it. But because you've marketed so hard and created that, you know, trying to create that, superstar mentality that I'm committed to this big school at a young age. 
And now it's all gone. And now you got the pressure of that whole world knowing that you just got decommitted. What do you do with it? I just like, I'm in, I'm in agreement with it. I just think it needs to slow down a little bit. I think it, it really puts the kids and the parents in a tough spot. And and it also puts in a situation where the kid is really pressured by the parents. Like, dude, there's enough pressure in this game. It's a hard enough game as it is, but when you have, you know, dads and moms living vicarious through your development and your accolades, it makes it even more difficult. It is almost impossible to keep a level head. And then what happens is, and this is what I work with young athletes on, dude, is the mental performance of the mind. Like, dude, like their minds are so spun out of control. I got a text message the other day from a former player who's a coach now, travel ball. He goes, coach, what do you have for a 12 year old that has a perfectionist complex that went two for three had two doubles barreled up in the gap oppo, but only remembers the strikeout and says like, all he does is fail. I was like, starts at home. Like, can I talk to his parents? Because that's, that's really what it is. It's all this shit mixed together. It's the, the parents like leaving the ballpark, right? Kid yep. comes up. He's excited about what he does. Hey, what happened to that strikeout? Perfectionist oh. complex. Right. And then everything that they're seeing on social media is perfect. Yep. It is a highlight reel. So these kids get now are more susceptible to feeling like they have to be perfect, but it is happening at such a young age, 12 years old, bro, 12 years old. I was playing pickle in between games at a little league field, eating fries in a, in a cheeseburger, ready to get on the field and have some fun with my friends. Like where the fuck is that at? Yep. And I think that, I think that that's a fine line too, you know, um, and I think that's what separates – that's what's hard because that's what separates the dudes from the guys that kind of fizzle out mm-hmm. is having that level of perfectionist complex, right? Having that self-drive to say, you know what? Yeah, game time, good result. Two for three, double. I'm happy with that. But at the same time, it's like how do I get back in the cage and grind on that failure and learn from that? But you look at the flip side, like you said, do you dwell on that? Mm-hmm. And then you allow that energy from the one failure to dictate your actions going forward. That's where it can't happen. Um, and that's where it hurts you in the long run. Uh, and so I think that there is that fine line of being able to be your own biggest critic. Right. But like you said, the parents make that hard, right? The parents nowadays are pushing these kids and almost wanting it for them more than they want it themselves. And I think that's dangerous because kids lose passion for the game that way. Dude, you're seeing it everywhere. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're see- like, listen, dude, and, and, and listeners, I want you guys to be very, very clear because you guys hear me say this shit all the time. I, <laughs> I profoundly believe in performance. If you are not performing on a consistent level, on a consistent basis, then you do not need to be in the lineup or you do not need to be in the game. Somebody else needs to come in and they need to step in and do your job because you're not doing it. However, when we're basing our worth based on performance and perfection, that is where as an athlete, you are going to lose consistently because there's too much failure baked into every single game, especially baseball. You fail 70% of the time and you're a hall of famer. I mean, like, dude, you're not going to go, you're not going to hit a thousand every single game. And, and like you said, it's just really dangerous it is dangerous for these young athletes because they don't know how to recover from it. And, and as well, along with that, and I'll touch on the training side of it, um, just because that's what I'm seeing. 
these travel ball coaches and these parents, their biggest thing is they see failure and they treat the symptoms as opposed to treating a cause, right? These kids now have so many voices in their head mm -hmm. saying, oh, you're flying your front shoulder. You're doing this. You're doing that. Uh, but it's, it's being able to back that whole thing up and say, hey, where's that all coming from, right? Mm -hmm. it, you know, some guys, it's as simple as a mindset change. It's as simple as an approach. Mm -hmm. You know, there might not be something mechanical. Um, you know, and, and vice versa, it might be something that happens before the swing even takes place, you know, firing from a bad position, but they have so many voices in their head that now they have such a fragile complex of being on that verge of mechanical and robotic and not allowing themselves to play the game, right? Go play the game, go be an athlete, go do what you do. You don't have to worry about all that stuff. Just go compete. Right. And that's, I think that because of that, kids are coming up and they're losing that fire that they're losing that, that point to, Hey, I got to go beat somebody mm -hmm. as opposed to now all their focus is on themselves and what they're doing and where they are physically. And again, I think that that's something that takes away from where the game is going yeah, at this moment. It's a good point, Danny. I, I think the biggest takeaway out of what you just said there to me was they aren't going out there and competing. Right. They, they, that was the underlying variable of what you said. They're going out there worrying about being perfect um, and worrying about their scholarship or who's going to see them. Kids aren't going out there anymore for the love of the game and just wanting to beat somebody like yeah. what the fuck? Like that you, you want to be a dude. If you're listening to this, you want to be a dude, go out to the baseball field and absolutely ruin someone's fucking day. Like literally that guy's 60 feet, six inches from you, throwing the ball, trying to embarrass you. His girlfriend's there watching. Embarrass him. Yeah. Like, and, 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 and dude, like, I know that comment's probably going to, you know, get some flack and I don't really give a shit because the, the people that aren't true baseball people, those are the people that are going to have an issue with that comment. Right? right. But like for those of us that are dudes that, that played at a very high level, we know that our job every single day, when we get out there in the batter's box or whatever it is we're doing for me, catching throwing runners out was to absolutely embarrass that other person. Yeah. And everybody's mindset's different for me. That's how it was. I had to have that. I had to draw on that dog mentality exactly. or I was done. And, and to be honest with you, I've seen dudes find a spot in power five D one schools because they were dogs. Yeah. You know, there's a kid I used to play with drew Friedman. I'll never forget it. We were playing Swiftle kid went over the weekend, got a scholarship to wake Forest that weekend. I remember that kid. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because he was over the weekend, but every single time he sprinted out on the field mm -hmm. and that kid just wanted to go beat somebody and never stopped. It never said, Hey, look, I failed here. It was the whole weekend. Just go compete. And he found himself a spot just based off his mentality and the way he carried himself on the field. Because he was so focused on the process and not the result, right? right? And I think that's what we're missing in today's society and society in general, right? Everybody wants it quick. They want to want the easy bake oven success. They want the easy bake oven scholarship. It's a fucking joke, right? It's like, you know, when you see an overnight success, it actually took a decade, right? But like, we're so conditioned to want shit now. And we focus on result, 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 result. And dude, I'm not going to lie. Like I'm a performance-based individual. I always look at my analytics. I always look at shit and I'm, I, I can get way too wrapped up in the result and then just say, okay, wait, I have to, I have to rewind, right? Because I'm an adult. I have to rewind and be like, okay, we're going to focus on this process that we're going through because this is how everything's built. We're building a solid foundation here.
at the determined society with this podcast, with the coaching programs, everything that I'm doing is a solid foundation and hell you've seen the growth in the last year. And you're, you're one of my day ones, right? And, and I mean, shit, I remember having a conversation with you and your dad when I created this thing. Yep. And I was like, all right, dude, go do it. Right. And it's a slow process. It's a slow burn, but everybody wants it quick. You know, they, they, you know, how quickly, Danny, um, let's say we sign up for a year. How quickly can you get my son, uh, you know, ready to rock and roll and, and, and get a scholarship? I, dude, I don't know. Right. It's going to take its time. Right. And it, it yeah. depends on the individual itself. Right. Um, like you said, it's, it's all about the process. And like one of the biggest questions we ask in here, whether you have a successful result or a failed one is why, why did that happen? Right. Like no matter what your result ends up being, that reflection process is so important to be able to say, Hey, how did I get here? You know, I hit two backside doubles. All right. Why did that happen? What was I thinking? Cause now it's repeatable. And now you're not only creating the muscle memory of your body, but your mind too. Like, you know, you know what you're up there looking for. You know what you need to be thinking. You know what your approach is to every situation. And you have to learn from every success and every failure. And, and like you said, if you're not focused on that process of it, you don't know how to handle the failures when they do come. And I think that, you know, everything that we've touched on, baseball is such a hard game. And, you know, the best way to be successful is to keep that kind of, you know, maximize the highs, ride them as long as you can, but minimize those lows. And I think that where we're going right now is it is exaggerating those highs and exaggerating those lows so much that it's, it's mm. creating such fragile players um, when it comes to mindset. Dude, I mean, like, and bro, like, that's the one thing when I started this business and I started my coaching programs, you know, I, I have, I, I think everybody knows my past because I put it out there pretty, you know, pretty freely. And for me, it was more about like helping individuals get over their insecurities, you know, anxieties, um, you know, and to actualize who they really are as a person. And then as I got deeper into it, I was like, wait a second, like, no, like athletes, yep. right? I've been through this, right? I've been through the whole progression of not having a place to play, then having a place to play, getting there and everything being ready in my physical body and my skills. But like, I didn't work on anything mentally because we, not because I didn't want to, just because I didn't know. You don't know what you don't know, right? And so all these kids are doing this now and they're going through and they're getting their scholarships to these big programs, right? And when they get there, they see 97 for the first time, you right. know? When they get there, they see another catcher or another shortstop is just as good or even better than them physically, and they don't know how to handle that, right? Because it's all mindset. They don't they don't realize that whatever's happening to the side of them that they don't need to even be paying attention to. They need to focus on becoming the best of them they can, and yeah. if they can do that on an every single day basis, focusing on the process and working their ass off, results are going to come because that's the that's the law of the universe. Right. That's what, that's what happens. But you know, there's, there's a, there's a broken will in the cog here. And you know, like, dude, like I got to tell you, one of the biggest broken wheels is like, imagine that kid going to that, that, that D one scholarship, right. He get he or she gets on campus, whatever sports sport it is. And they're promised the world and they get there and they've got five other people at their position. Well, instead of fighting and battling, in winning a fucking spot, what we have right now is coach is a dick and I'm going to transfer. I'm out. I made a commitment, but I'm going to fucking go. 
because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be back up. I'm too right. good for that. So I'm gonna go to this other school and leave all my boys or all my girls behind and then and and just walk into a starting spot. Dude, let's talk about that a little bit because yeah. I think there's always reasons to transfer. You were one of those kids, you needed yep. to transfer, but it was more than just I'm not starting. Like, but now it's like we got NCAA transfer portal. Like, dude, it is it is absolutely insane. Right. It's it's tough. I mean, it's it has progressed at such a rapid pace. And yeah, I did have a roadmap. Uh, uh, freshman year went to Tuscan College. Uh, first time leaving the state of Florida. Um, it's a little different for me, right? And mm-hmm. I think part of that culture shock is when you go to college, it's all right. I'm an 18 year old freshman, and you walk in there, and it's like shit. I'm with 24 year old men like mm-hmm. you're out here they're big and fine right that's where that dog comes out where it's like you know what whatever i'm gonna go do it i'm gonna work just as hard as you if not harder and i'm gonna take your spot cool well you know sometimes it's, it's tough right it's tough to keep that mindset through it all you know it wears you down it's mm-hmm. a war of attrition when you're in there and you're trying to win a spot um for my roadmap i I hated the cold. I got to be honest with you. And, you know, I did find myself making a couple excuses for myself, mm-hmm. right? I hated performing in cold weather. You know, I'm not used to having to take an hour to warm up. I'm from Florida. You go out, you run some sprints, and you're good to go. Um, and, yeah, you know, I was there for a year, uh, and I knew cr- come Christmas break that, you know, it wasn't a good fit for me. Um, and more than just baseball, you know, I it was in the mountains of Tennessee. Um, first time we got a snowstorm. First time I'd ever been in a snowstorm. And I was trying to get to my car and I slid like a quarter mile down a hill <laughs> trying to get there because of the ice. And I'm like, what am I doing here? I right? never heard that story. That's fucking hilarious. Oh, I had to crawl back up to my car. And while I'm crawling back up to my car, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? Right. Um, and it just, it wasn't a place where I saw myself being for four years. Mm-hmm. Um, baseball was great. Uh, the stadium, that was the only reason I was there. Right. I love the coaches. Um, I love the stadium and I love the guys. But it just wasn't a good spot for me. Transferred down to FSW. Um, I won't get too much into this, but it was just like it was kind of there in argue argue year, and they were. It was just different, man. Yeah. Um, I got there, and it was just a bad atmosphere, right? It was not an environment for growth. There was dudes doing drugs in the in the clubhouse, dudes doing different things, and I'm like, you know what? Nobody's got a handle on this. I'm from Fort Myers. If anything comes down on this stuff. My name's involved and yeah. I don't want, it. so I didn't even finish the fall there. I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to take this. They're like, you're going to have to sit out a year. If you transfer again, I'm like, I'll sit out a year. I would rather sit out a year, perfect my craft than to stay here and potentially, you know, have my character be compromised or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I got the PBA and it wasn't a cakewalk there either. You know, I sat out a year, had to practice, finally got up there, um, beat out a senior transfer from Miami for the third base job. I was high on life at that point. I got the starting job opening day. I hit a bomb that went just foul. And then I struck out two times, made two errors, and I was buried. It was three weeks before I even touched the field. And that was like ninth inning on a midweek, right? And that's where the uphill battle started. And that's where, you know, reality hit me right in the face. And I'm like, all right, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. Right? I, I won the spot, but then I lost it. Now I'm not even getting a look. How do you get back on a radar? Um, and that's where it became tough for me. 
but you battle through that. Right. And I had the career I did because I stayed there and I got through that. Um, but now it's a little different. And like you said, there are guys that transfer for the right reasons. Um, but there's also some guys that are in that travel ball, daddy ball mode per se, where it's like, you know what, if I'm not going to play here, I'm going to go somewhere else. And they're going for the names of the school too, as opposed to a fit. You know, that's a good point. You know, the, the, the thing is, and I, dude, I totally forgot you're at FSW. Like, I, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's because I've known you for so long and I'm so close with your dad. Like, I just, that didn't even freaking register. When you're telling me the story, I'm like, I don't remember his, this guy ever being there for a season. And then when you said you left after the fall, I'm like, okay, now I remember. You know, so I have a couple Division One athletes that are struggling this w- with this specific thing right now um, that I work with. And I want you to talk about it a little bit. So they're in the lineup opening day, right? Had a rough first two games, and now they're buried on the bench. What right. were some of the strategies mindset-wise that you employed on a day-to-day grind in order to get back on the radar and not just quit on yourself? Yeah, I think that um, – you ever seen the movie Facing Giants? Uh Yes. Okay, so it's a football movie, but it's a Christian-based movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and they talk about uh, one story about two farmers, right? And the story's titled Preparing Your Fields for Rain. Um, and they were going through this terrible drought. And, you know, these farmers' crops weren't, weren't coming to fruition, couldn't get any rain to water them. And both of them were praying to God for rain. Well, only one of those farmers actually went out and prepared his fields for, those, for that rain. And that rain came. And only one of their fields got ready, right? Only one was able to be harvested. And I think that I took that and I ran with it, right? I'm like, you know what? A lot of this stuff's out of my control. But the one thing I can control is that whenever that time does come, my, my fields are prepared, right? I know that rain's going to come one day and my field's going to be ready. And I just, my mentality was, hey, when I do get that shot, they're not going to have a chance to take me out again. And, and that's what it came down to. Um, and there's a lot of vices that come with that, right? Yeah. You know, dad, I love you, but I'm sorry, right? He was, it's tough with the parents because they do want it for you um, just as much, if not more. Um, and you have to battle that off, right? It's mm-hmm. parents saying, hey, go talk to your coach. No, don't go talk to your coach. It's okay if you want to have a man-to-man conversation, but don't go ask for playing time, right? If you're not putting in the work, you know, these guys got enough going on. You got to go win your spot yourself. And it's just... And that's what got me where I am today. And through that process, you know, I got, I got turned down. I got contracts pulled from summer collegiate leagues. You know, I was mm-hmm. supposed to go play in the futures. I got buried on the bench after that opening day and contract got pulled to the futures. Went and played in the South Florida collegiate league. It was great. I got to work on my craft and I showed up next year and I was ready to rock. Dude, that story gave me goosebumps, dude. Preparing your fields for rain. Yeah. That's going to be the name of this fucking episode. To it. Right. And that clip, <laughs> that was amazing, dude, because that is everything that we talk about, you know, and, and, and for those of you who are listening, we always talk about what you do in the dark comes to light. And that's exactly what Danny's talking about. He didn't get into this area of despair or a, a victim mentality because that shit's weak and it's disempowering. What he did was he worked on his craft so hard and so intently. And the key word is intently. And what happened when it was time for that rain, his field grew, right? And then he never came out of the lineup again. And he had a successful career at PBA because of that, because of the work that he did when he was benched, he didn't go into 
F this, F that. My coach is a dick. I'm better than that kid. This is bullshit. He went into work mode. And for those of you that are out there listening to this right now that are in the battle of just in the battle of your life, like you are sitting there fighting your ass off to make yourself something like, dude, this is your time. Get your field ready. Plant the seeds. Don't sit there and wish you would have when it starts to rain, because by then it'll be too late and someone has already taken your opportunity. Danny, that is, that is, that was so powerful because, you know, the faith that you had in yourself to sit out a year and say, screw it. I'm not going to be a part of this bad culture. I'm going to trust in myself. I'm going to bet on me and I'm going to go sit out another year. That was two years in a row. You sat out yeah. like, dude, like you didn't play baseball for two years, like in an actual spring game into and, and for everybody that is listening, like that, that's, that's a lot. That's, that's like almost 200 ABs that you're not and, getting. And there's other things that came into it, right? You know, it's, there's other things that are going to continue to break you down. That's not the only battle you face is, am I getting the opportunity or not? You know, I mean, you work so hard and you grind. I remember I was out there taking extra ground balls right before my junior year. So that was technically my soft, sophomore year, right? So I sat out a year. And then it was a sophomore year where I think I only got like 30 at bats, something like that. Um, and then going into my junior year, had a great fall, getting ready to roll. I'm like, all right, this is it, right? I'm going to get my shot. And I've been putting in all this work and I'm ready. What happened right before Christmas break, I'm out there taking extra ground balls. Made, tried to make a diving play. Broke my hand. Had hand surgery. Missed the first month of the next season. And it's like, here we go again, right? Um, but it's just like you build up your armor so tough per se, um, that you just got to get to the point where it doesn't matter what happens. Like, it's like, all right, this is just part for the course. Some shit is bound to happen. That's going to try and deter me. And you just got to roll with it. Right. It's, it's that dog mentality of saying, look, it's, it's not going to take me down. It's, it's not something that's going to make me change my course. I'm going to grind through it just like I did the other stuff. And we're going to get to that spot where we're ready to rock when that time does come. That's so, it's so valuable and powerful because there's so many athletes out there and so many just adults in general that will face adversity in a similar situation. Yep. Right. And they just go, here we go again. Fuck it. I'm done. I think it's so powerful that you push through, especially at a young age, you've always been really wise beyond your years. You, know, you have really good parents. You have a really good parental unit, a great family. And I think it's so important. Yeah. Your dad, <laughs> was he hard on you? Absolutely. You know, but you'll find too, because you're a dad now, when you're raising your, your daughter and your, and your other future kids, like you want them to be so successful because you don't want to see them in pain. Right. And, and dude, and that's it. That's all it is. And that's why I think parents can be so great, but also so constricting. Like I know my, my dad, he wanted nothing but the best for me. He went about it the wrong way, but what he did do is he taught me how to work. You know, he taught me how to work. He taught me how, and that's how I've been so successful, right? It's because I just don't stop. Now I learned that from him, but you know, I have an eight-year-old, as you know, who's playing baseball and I have to check myself every single game, every single practice. Yeah. Cause I'm just, dude, you know, I'll get that, I'll get that baseball dog mentality. And then I have to realize that my kid is eight. Yeah. And his only job right now is to have fun and pay attention. Now, if he doesn't pay attention, he's not focused. I get pissed. I get, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to get mad. Like it takes zero talent 
to have fun and pay attention. That's it. And, you know, the parents nowadays, they want it so badly because it's almost, it could be like living vicariously through that male or female athlete, right. For them to achieve something that the mom or dad wasn't able to when they were an athlete, or it's just, you just don't want your kid hurt. Right. And so when you don't want your kid hurt, you, you overprotect and you, and you get too damn involved, man. And, uh, your dad wasn't that guy. Um, mine, mine was that guy. Um, but it's so hurtful to the athlete. It, it, it truly is, man. It is. And and I see it on a day-to-day basis. You know, I mean, I got parents where I train their kids and I can't wait until that kid's turn 16. So their parents don't have to come in here with them for every single lesson. Right. They don't have to be sitting here trying to speak over me, telling their kid they're not doing something or they're doing something that they shouldn't be, you know, allow the process to take place. Like you're here, you trust me as a coach. There's going to be coaches that you have to trust going forward, whether they're doing the absolute best thing for your kid or not. It's tough. And and that's for the kid to decide right through the results, right? you got to go through that process to find out. Um, And that is one thing where the technology helps us bridge that gap. But like you said, it's, it's something where I don't want to have to battle the parents. Right. And that hurts kids too, when it comes to the recruiting process, right? How many crazy dads are out there at this travel ball stuff that are yelling at their kids, getting on the coaches, screaming at umpires. Colleges don't want to deal with that. Right. Cause they know that that parent's going to be the one ringing their phone once a week, whenever their kid's not playing, they're going to have to deal with that. And, and they don't want that. So, you know, my advice to parents is let that process happen. Right. The struggle is beautiful. You got to let your kids struggle sometimes to be able to find their way. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, because not only is the athletic program getting the athlete, they're getting the parents too. Right. I mean, <laughs> hey, dad, hey, mom, that's listening out there and your kids going through the process, you absolutely can hurt your child's chances of getting that scholarship by how you act at a baseball game, at a volleyball game, a basketball game. I don't give a shit where you're at. Uh, People know who you are, right? They do their research. And if you want your child to have the best experience possible and end up at the best possible place, then you need to hold yourself to a certain standard when you're in public. Because if you you show any indication that you're going to be a problem for that coaching staff, your son may not get the scholarship to his, his choice school. And he, and he, might very well could be able to play there, right? but they don't want to deal with it. So, you know, you got to, parents, you got to ask yourself, is it worth it? Is it worth it to be how you're being right? Because these kids, right. The, these are the kids that I end up working with, (laughs) right? The kids that don't have the mindset or the tools to get through that adversity when they're, when they're slumping. Right. right? Uh, Because they are, stuck in this disease to please people pleasing mindset like it's dangerous it is absolutely dangerous so man i i i enjoyed this man this was really really great like we we were able to touch on a few different things as far as you know mindset and how it pertains to the athlete and their performance and we did talk about the transfer stuff um yeah and and the the entitlement society within the game of baseball i think all of these things are hopefully on the way out, but it needs people like you and I, Danny, right. You know, 
and, and, and your staff over there at Evolve and everybody you talk to, it, it's, it starts and ends with us. We have to teach these kids that no matter what, I mean, it's going to sound a little hippie, but like, dude, these kids need to know that they're loved, even though if they, ha- if they suck during a game. Right. And they're not feeling that right now. They're equating their success to love when they get home, because if they get home and they go over four with two K's and two pop-ups, they're going to get absolutely just waylaid by their dad. And that is fucking killing the game. And, right. is, and then what, more than anything, it's killing approach? the athlete. Yeah. And the, and the approach, right? Because now these kids are approaching that game saying, hey, I don't want that to happen. It's a passive mindset mm-hmm. as opposed to having, like you said, intent to go be great, you know, to go up to every bat saying, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smoke something in the right center gap here. Not, God, I hope I don't strike out so I don't have to hear about it. Dude, or, and we, we both know that what we resist persists, right? The, yeah. our, our thoughts become things because we will them to happen in actual right. reality. Don't strike out. Don't strike out. Strike out. Yep. Right. I, it's funny. I, it's, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a story and then we'll, then we'll end it. Cause I know you got, you got to open up, but um, I went snowmobiling back in the day, man. I was super excited about it too. I think it was like 2005 ish, 2006 ish. I was in Utah at this kind of like retreat thing with some friends and having a great time. We're in this big ass cabin and I kind of fell out of place because all these motherfuckers had a ton of money and I was, you know, struggling, you know, like I, I was in the mortgage business and that was when it started to kind of dive down a little bit. And, um, which means it was probably 2006, 2007. And, um, I was already super insecure being there. And then we hop on these snowmobiles. I'm like, dude, this is gonna be freaking awesome. Dude, snowmobiles are, are extremely difficult to, yeah, to manage. Like, to drive those fucking things. And so I remember driving and I'm going like slight left and I see this tree like a thousand yards ahead of me. What the fuck did I think? Don't hit the tree. Yep. What the fuck did I do? Yep. I hit the tree. tree. Now I didn't go, I wasn't going fast. So like I, but like, I was like, oh my God, watch out for the tree. Don't hit the tree. Don't hit the tree. And the only thing I was fixating on was not hitting the tree. And it created the reality that I hit the fucking tree. So, you know, it's like my my golf game. Don't go on, don't go left, right? Dude, I can't dude. I, I need help with my golf game. I, yeah. I went to Top Golf a few weeks ago with my wife, and I'm a former D1 athlete. Right. I was with, you know, my buddy who wasn't a D1 athlete. Now we'll leave it at that. And then his wife and my wife. Bro, they beat my ass, all th- including the women. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? Cause like, all I keep thinking is like, don't shank it. Don't shank it. Don't suck. Don't suck. And it's funny because we go through these things in life. And like, if I knew how to, you know, swing a golf club truly, then I would be pretty good. But like, if you look at the video, my finish is like straight up baseball. Like I am, it's not even close, dude. It's, it's, it's a terrible golf swing. It's going um, to huh? be there forever. Oh my God. It was terrible. But like, you know, to the point where, you know, guys, like we have to, we have to envision the results that we intend to create, not what we don't want to create. Our, our, our way of thinking is everything in life. And if you guys can understand that, then you will understand the secret of life. It is the universal law for a reason. So successful people control their thinking, not, not their thoughts. You'll never control a thought, but you can control how you think. So brother, a um, couple questions before we uh, let you go here. Um, yep. 
how can my audience best support you? Follow us on social media. We're new. We just started out. Um, you know, we've had a ton of organic growth. We haven't done a ton of crazy marketing. Um, we got some stuff in the works. Um, we will be doing that. But if you guys could just throw Evolve Baseball a follow, maybe share us on Instagram. We'll have some more stuff coming out soon. And we're going to start that marketing push. And it would be great to have some people share that stuff and support us. Dude, and you, you know, you can count on me for that, for sure. Yep. Um, I'm going to, in the show notes, I'll put your, your, your handle so everybody can follow you. And then I'll tag you on socials when we, when I drop the promos and the clips and everything like that. So, um, most importantly, dude, how can I best support you? Hey, keep doing what you're doing, right? It makes my job easier. These guys come in here with more solid mindsets. Um, you know, my success is hinged on the success of others that come in here and people like you out there that are evolving this whole mindset game, right? And that's, you know, that's why we've named it this way. Everything's always evolving. Your life, your game, everything. So, you know, we evolve mindset, evolve, evolve training, evolve your game. Um, and that's how we came up with this name. So you keep doing what you're doing. You evolve the way other people are, are thinking. Other people are going about their day-to-day -day life. And it's going to make my job a hell of a lot easier when I got guys coming in here with a solid foundation that starts up here. Well, I'm going to tell you what, dude, I'm really looking forward to all the collaborations that you and I are going to do, be going to be doing together. So uh, the baseball world, that is your fucking warning yeah. <laughs> that, right. that we will be doing a lot of shit together. And um, because, you know, he's a great person, uh, a great coach, and I like to think of myself as the same. So we're, we're going to be we're going to be changing the game here in, in, in the local area and helping out a lot of athletes nationally. So, no doubt. Um, hey, man, I appreciate you, Danny. Uh, I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on, man. Absolutely, brother. You be good. Hang out for a second. Yep. All right, my man. Be good. All right.